0: Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now.
1: Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN
0: yes welcome in blue party 101 espn tim McCartney action jackson with you we hit the hole and we hit it hard jack uh, chris raby is going to be in the studio for engineer design facilities blues playoff report that's coming up at 10 15 you know him from the blues in-house pre-game post-game in period intermission pony shows
2: He's just always there.
0: That's right. He's omnipresent. He'll be with us coming up uh, at about 10.15 here on Balloon Party. Here is my question that I want to get feedback from the audience and also the delightful Action Jackson, who will act like he did not watch the Celtics in heat and talk about the Blues and Avalanche last night. Here is my question. How does your emotion regarding the Blues' chances in this series at this moment— 10:06, Clarkson Jewelers time check, compared to 24 hours or so yesterday. That is my question. 65780. I am curious. That's where I want to start, Jackson. Sure. So I shall now pass the mic, mm-hmm. yeah, beasties, to you and see what you got.
2: Well. It might surprise people to know this, but that before last night, I had not seen the Colorado Avalanche play hockey. Ice the hockey credibility
0: established at the outset.
2: Right, right. Well, honesty in media. Like it is honesty in media. And I'm serious when I thought something was wrong with my TV when the Avalanche were moving that fast. They are fast. They shoot a lot. Uh, they're just a really, really good hockey team. So seeing that it doesn't give me the utmost confidence but to be in the position they were in last night with how well the avalanche played is, A, a testament to Jordan Binnington, and, B, the fact that if you can just hang on with these guys, you might slip a couple of cheap ones past. Uh, the Ryan O'Reilly's goal came off the heels of the avalanche. Yeah, just Cal McCarr
0: with a, a turnover. Just what peppering,
2: and then they make a mistake and they capitalize on it. That's, I mean, if you're going to win this series, you're going to have to capitalize on the few mistakes the avalanche are going to make.
0: So I feel like, and I'm not, I'm not reading the the Air Comfort Service text line just yet. and I see they're coming in fast and furious. It's like the avalanche. I feel like you can come away with it one of two ways. You can come away with it going, oh man, you know everything we heard about them, Even though you saw the Blues playing three times this year, but everything we heard about him, uh, it's it's even better than than advertised, and this is going to be. Brutal. It's going to be brutal for anybody that runs into this team uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And the Blues just can't hang with them. And they're fortunate that they only lost in overtime. And on the other side of things, and I'm and listen, I think if you've listened to me over the couple decades I've I've been in the market, uh, and, and really honestly, I think you should send me a thank you note if yeah. you have for for me sharing this greatness with you since uh, since 2000. But if you've listen to me on this show over the last few months, you know, I have no need to say anything other than what I think and don't particularly care uh, how it plays. So I'm not saying this to, you know, just uh, downplay for lack of a better term, what took place last night. You can also take it as, hey, you know what? The Blues got that game to overtime. They played a poor game. And there's no reason to think that they can't hang with the Avalanche. The Avalanche had a great game. They acknowledge it themselves, had a great game. And even with that, needed overtime mm-hmm. in a game that, hell, if the Blues could have gotten a break in overtime, they they have one of the greatest thefts of a Stanley Cup playoff game in the history of the organization. Can you imagine? Just imagine. Because, it's I mean, it was there. Stunningly, it was there. How you would feel this morning if the Blues had somehow scored the goal in overtime that gave them a 1-0 series lead? Because it was there. It was not a 7-1 situation, although it theoretically certainly could have been. And how differently you'd feel. Well, how would you feel? I think everyone would be saying, for real, everyone would be saying, if you're a Blues fan, the Blues stole game one. One of the greatest thefts of all time. You'd be saying Jordan Bennington in particular stole game one. Boy, they're going to have to play better in game two. But my goodness, that has to, if you're on the Colorado side, be so discouraging because the Blues stole game one. But... Unfortunately, it didn't play out that way. Josh Mason gets the goal, and that wraps it up, and the outcome that should have taken place is what wound up taking place. Now, with that said, though, it's one game, and the Avalanche played their A game. They did. I I think the Avalanche themselves. Now, they're not going to say that, but I think if you were getting them privately, I think they would say, yeah, we played about as well as we can play and the blues did not one of the statistics and i know this is kind of an under the radar statistic relative to what a, a you know a normal conversation about hockey would would be following a game but that stands out to me because it was clear colorado was just, you just felt like i don't know it it I guess kind of like a like an Alabama, Missouri football game, or just like, oh God, oh God, could it be this play? Oh God, could it be this play? You're just like, you know it's coming. Yeah. That's what it felt. I'm just sitting there going, oh, this isn't really fun to watch. And then when O'Reilly scored, you go, oh my God, how'd that happen? Uh, but with regards to the overall tone of the game, the blues, one of their strong suits flipped around they only had one game they've played 89 games so far this season Jackson when you include mm-hmm. the six against the wild and the 82 regular season games right. so now you have a one against the avalanche so 82 plus 7 that's how we arrive there it, yeah. is, it is fun to be this educated <laughs> that is the second worst performance on face-offs one that the blues had all year they had a game against Philadelphia uh, in February which they won four to one in which they won only 34% of the faceoffs. Last night, it was, I think, 35.8% of the faceoffs won. And so you're already going to have a tough time, but that added to it. So that is not something that I expect to hold. Colorado's speed isn't going anywhere. Right. The Blues' performance on faceoffs, I'd be very surprised if we saw something even remotely similar to that number in game two. Something that absolutely has to improve uh is thomas tarasenko uh in in particular Mm -hmm. um and obviously Butchnevich as well and that just wasn't there last night they were they were silent uh it was like the grief line in game four against the blues uh that was just silence and that can't happen and that goes outside that that, that can't happen if the blues are going to have any chance that can't happen and in I don't even know if you have to read between the lines, but I'll say reading between the lines with Craig Berube's comments after the game, that's where his focus was, is, is on that. So from that standpoint, I expect that to improve, uh, and I expect the performance on faceoffs to improve. I thought the fact that there were not many penalties uh, was something that we knew had to happen, and it's something that they did deliver. At the same time, you can go, man, imagine if the Avalanche had even more power plays, what what, what it would have looked like. Yeah. So... Listen, I I understand if people are completely despondent about the chances. Totally do. Wouldn't chastise you. Uh, with that said, I know that I thought the Blues were done. Done. After game three against the Wild. Truly did. Not because I thought the Wild were superior. I thought the Blues were absolutely decimated at defense, and there was no way they were going to be able to recover from that, just like I didn't think there was any team in the league who could recover from what they were dealing with with regards to their defense and how many guys were hurt, and we saw him rattle off three wins in a row. Uh, I would imagine if you were a Minnesota Wild fan following the Blues winning, if I'm not mistaken, it was 4 nothing in Game 1, uh, you were probably despondent thinking you had no chance, um, even though the Blues didn't come as highly advertised as the Colorado Avalanche have coming into this series, and it was big of a favorite to not just win the series but to win the Cup as the Colorado Avalanche are. But... This is a team with the Blues who we have seen throughout the course of the year. I don't know how many times I felt like I said it in the month of January. When we were just starting out here. And I said, man, the Blues have a bad game. What do they do? They come back and they play a hell of a game. It's what they've done. The Blues had one of their lowest moments in Game 3 against the Minnesota Wild. again In front of the home crowd, a playoff atmosphere like we hadn't seen since probably Game 6 of the 2019 Stanley Cup Final and what happens they get hurt and they look terrible. Well, what they do they came out and had one of their most impressive wins in game 4 and they never looked back. Now I'm not saying there's going to be no looking back in this, but it would surprise let me put it this way. It would surprise me in a major way. I'm not saying the Blues will win, but it would surprise me in a major way if the Avalanche dominate game 2 the way they dominated game 1 even though the score didn't indicate that so with that said your thoughts six five seven eight zero air comfort service text line that is how you can get involved in this show six five seven eight zero all right so with that said I went to the textures to see what the vibe is and now let's see what we got uh the abs aren't hitting the post five times next game uh that's from the three one four Tim abs were a B plus blues a C will be all right. Also looks like the refs are going to swallow the whistles for this series. That is from the six Uh, Let's see what we got here. All I can say is Blues fans, thank God for Jordan Bennington because that game could have been ugly, but Jordan Bennington shouldn't have to have performances like that every game of this series. The rest of the team has to help. The Blues are not known for their defense, but if they want to win this series, that's what's going to have to happen. Uh, let's see. The Blues didn't play their best game last night. And they still got that thing to overtime. I feel better about it. That's good to hear. Hey, great if you do. Yeah. Uh, this game reminded me of game one of the conference final against the Sharks. That's from the 3-1-4. We know how that series played out, by the way. For the record, the Sharks won that one, just to refresh memories. Uh, a little jarring, but I'm still confident. Uh, oh, here's another reset on the Sharks 2019. We did get hit against the Sharks and Bruins in both game ones in 2019. That's from... The 314. I suppose the the difference there, and maybe people would view it differently, the difference there is I don't think people were talking about the Sharks or even the Bruins in 2019 the same way people are talking about the 2022 Colorado Avalanche. This is a team that is put up there on a pedestal, which I understand can drive some Blues fans up the wall. It's not about saying the Blues can't win. Hell, here I am just pointing out why I still think they can. It's more about acknowledging that this is a great team. You don't have to to take the knee and kiss the ring by acknowledging that that, that a team or an individual has greatness. You can still beat them. Um, And we've certainly seen that in St. Louis. Hell, in 2006, people were saying the Detroit Tigers would win the World Series in three games. And the Cardinals won that thing. And the 2004 Cardinals, as great as they were, were swept. So things happen that stun people in sports. That's why we watch. Last night was discouraging. What I will hold on to is this. The Blues played one of their poorer games, and throughout the course of the season, for the most part, they respond after that. And I just don't anticipate seeing Tarasenko, Thomas, and um, Buchnevich have that kind of performance again. At the same time, I would totally understand if somebody would counter that by saying, I don't expect to see Jordan Binnington play like that again. Mm -hmm. And it was in a losing effort. And that was the thing. Right when that puck went past him, his head fell down. Yeah, really does. and he's like, I. I mean, of course, he wanted to win, but like, he wanted that to be yeah. one of the crown jewels on his resume. That he went in against one of the best teams in the league in game one, and he stole a game for his team, a team that he wasn't starting for two weeks ago. And he went and he stole a game. That's what. That's what. That emotion. That head going down like that. Like. Damn it, I did everything I could, and they still got past us. So, with that said, uh, I, I understand if people are despondent. I guess, you know, and another thing, we talked about how people kind of forgot about last year's series against the Avalanche. There was nothing memorable about it. Already, this team, even though it felt like they were dominated, and they certainly were, uh, this one, I don't know. I just I feel like this is a different operation. And maybe I'll be off the mark. I was off the mark on what I thought was going to happen after Game 3 against the Wild. Maybe I'll be off the mark on this one. But um, I just don't see this group just backing down and going, oh, man, they're so good. We're not going to come back out. I think they will respond tomorrow night. I really do. So your thoughts are welcome. Six five seven eight zero Air Comfort Service, text line. Chris Raby is going to be in studio with us here coming up in the very next segment for our engineer design facilities blues playoff report. We'll take a commercial break. Come back with Chris here on Balloon Party. This is 101 ESPN.
1: We are right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for a Blues Playoff Report. Brought to you by
3: Engineered Design Facilities, the number one commercial fire alarm service provider in St. Louis.
0: Oh, Jackson with new music. Yeah, this is a fresh one. You put new music on for Raby? Turn my headphones up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, new little jam for Raby. Welcome back. This is Mr. Hockey's one hour show. Yep. All me, baby. The flesh. Chris, welcome in to 101 ESPN. Hello again, everybody. It's
3: great to be here. I was getting the old arm loose in the hallway. Brought the take skin with me. Ready yeah. to toss t- it around. I bet you I could throw a take skin over them their mountains.
0: <laughs> uh, Chris Raby, you see him on the jumbotron at the Blues game Saturday night. Seven o'clock, Game Three. What else could you ask for? I would prefer it to be a one-one series. Wouldn't that be glorious? If it's one-one Saturday night, Blues and Avalanche. That's yeah. I think Give it me will that. be. I think oh, it will Wow, be. look at yeah. you. You're coming. Yeah. To, you are. You are loaded with the take skin. <laughs> it's
3: not even really a take. It's just what I've come to. Ex- well, I feel like with this team over the last couple of years, and and I know it's a different team, but. Um, It's just, they're very level. They're very even keel, and they're very good at making adjustments. Um, And I think it's going to be a long series. I think Steve Ott said that uh, after they got beat pretty good by, I think, one of the textures referenced at San Jose. San Jose in 2019. Uh, In 2019, he said it's going to be a long series. So um, I think there's reason for frustration last night, but I think there's also reason for optimism, and I think there's reason for... Um, I don't know, excitement around Jordan okay. Binnington. So what,
0: think, what's yeah. your reason for optimism? What optimism do you take from that is, for optimism? is, I think Jordan Bennington
3: was the best player on the ice, which I think he has consistently been in the playoffs in his career. Last year, game one against Colorado, he might have played better than he played last night. He stopped 46 of 49, I think, in game one last year. And Colorado got two third-period goals. It was kind of a tight game, but they were just coming from all angles and and I I kind of agree with something Joey said in the broadcast last night that oftentimes the first round can be the most emotional until maybe the cup final just because everyone's so ready to go everyone's so healthy that generally the Blues have have had and a lot of teams have a a bit of a letdown especially if they start the next series on the road and um, you know I, I think it's again not an excuse but but i think it's uh reasonable that you could look slow against that team last night i think despite that there are adjustments very specific things they can do um specifically on the four check on taking advantage of how aggressive colorado is entering the offensive zone to get some out of man rushes get some opportunities and um you know, kind of dictate uh, a little bit more. That that was, I think, uncharacteristic. Or, or last night looked a little bit like when the Blues struggled in December and in January defensively, just sloppy in the middle of the ice, yeah. sloppy in their own zone. And, you know, I think that the way Colorado cheats and, and the way they play offensively, the Blues, uh, especially if they get their normal of players back and they don't have forwards double shifting all game I think they can take advantage of that
0: what from last night's game do you go boy this is going to be a problem I I just think that
3: if the personnel does not remain healthy it's it's going to be an issue and you know we saw whether they were limited from a personnel standpoint or at full strength in in round one if they take penalties like they like they did against the wild in what the middle couple of those games that's that's going to be an issue. They. They got a little lucky, I guess, last night in terms of some of the posts that Colorado hit, and Bennington again, unbelievable on on some of those uh, power play chances. But if you put Colorado, especially in that building with the altitude, whatever, if you put them consistently on the advantage and you're already down, you know, a couple of your big pieces, it's going to be a long. Series.
0: How much of a factor do you think that is? The altitude? Yeah.
3: Um. So, I don't know what what, what guys say. <clears throat> excuse me takey is that uh like the first game of a series maybe uh while you're getting used to it but i think more than anything it's that combined with the fact that you know perron o'reilly shen tarasenko those guys by the second period were all double shifting and you have scott Perunovich play 10 or 11 minutes then you've got defensemen playing 25 26 minutes yep. you just that's not sustainable regardless of you know sea level or uh a mile above sea level that's I just don't know if that's sustainable. So I think, you know, the coaching staff will probably have to get back to 12 and 6. And if Marco Scandella is healthy, that that certainly looks like what they'll do. But I just think that especially against that team in that building, that's that's a really tough ask to go 11 and 7 and have those guys play the kind of minutes that they were.
0: Chris Raby in studio with us, our Engineer Design Facilities Blues playoff report here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Guys, it seemed like Colorado was on the power play for the entire second period. That's from the 3-1-4. Yeah, that was a that was an alarming It was the proverbial
3: push, right? Um and so so let me ask you because you can spin this either way, right? You can say, "Well, the Blues played as poorly as they could have and they were still right in the game." Well, I guess you didn't get a shot in overtime. 13-0. Or, yeah, or you can say, you know, Colorado looked like Colorado. I I think that the blueprint for me is kind of what Vegas did last year against the Avs in the what second round where they kind of looked like the blues looked at times last night, but then they used the four check, four check, four check, like the blues got to against Minnesota. Um, They created zone time and then they created opportunities from their own zone against Colorado by taking advantage of of what they want to do with their forwards and their defensemen, how aggressive they get. So I think that, you know, strategically the Blues still have a couple of moves to make and with their personnel as well. So I guess I'm kind of half full. Where where are
0: you at? Uh, I am also. And in and, and, and I have two main reasons for it. I feel like they played a subpar game in yeah. a couple of elements. And an uncharacteristic. Right. And so yes, I realize it well, you can say, well then they took them to overtime I think, you know, the analogy I made when Bernie Federico was on with us, and I think this was following Game 2 against the Wild, uh, and you hadn't had the Tory Krug injury, is that, yeah, the Blues lost Game 2, but if you were scoring the periods like a boxing fight, the Blues had won five of the six rounds. I think that, that
3: first period was their best period, maybe, of the first half of the series.
0: So along those lines, when I look at this, yeah, yeah, I mean, the Avalanche won, you know, however you would score it, 10 9 10-8, 10-7 10 8, 10 7, maybe. <laughs> uh, and then obviously, overtime was dominated too, since they shot the Blues 13 0 before Mason's goal. With that set, th- while there is a 10 point disparity between the Blues and the Avalanche, I don't believe that the Avalanche are this, you know, take your pick 2019 LSU. And the Blues are 1995 Missouri football. You know, I I don't think that that, that—I realize Colorado's a great team. But, for example, when the Blues played the Red Wings, known as one of the greatest teams of the last 25 years, that 2002 team, the Blues lost to them in five. That was a a fine Blues team, but I don't think that was as close to the level of this Blues team. And so I just don't think that you're going to see the Blues come out and play— as subpar of a game in game two. And then, secondarily, um, when I think I myself ruled them out after they lost game three against the Wild, they just have a way, and it might come with the playoff experience. It might be the way that the chemistry is in that room of bouncing back. It's just who they are. And Didn't it would you kind really surprise me. To tie it last night? Um, no, actually. I didn't expect them to tie it. That's a pleasant surprise. Pleasant as all hell. And then once they did tie it, I'm like, man, if these guys can win this, this will be one of the greatest steals of a playoff game I can recall in my life as a Blues fan. So I I just, I I feel like you just can't rule them out. I'm not saying they're going to win tomorrow night. I would just be stunned if you saw the caliber of play slash disparity of chances that we saw in game one. That's what I would say.
3: And I think that, you know, over the last couple of years, this team, I think, for and and even I felt this way in 2019 too, because there were a lot of moments that they were like, you know, against the ropes, even in that Winnipeg series. You know, before Schwartz had the goal that he batted out of the air to win Game Five, otherwise they're coming back home down three right. two instead of up three two. I, I just always and and maybe it's because I've for the last however many years since I've been in St. Louis have listened to Curbs. And, and I think he's very even keel during the broadcast. I just kind of expect something positive to happen. but the difference is this team has the firepower that teams in the past haven't. I think that, um, you know the the, the fact that they scored last night on that power play, the fact that they had chances shorthanded, yeah. that's probably got Colorado a little a little nervous. like because if you're Colorado, I think that you played especially in that second period, you dictated and played as well as you could have played. And granted, maybe Jordan Bennington doesn't make every save that he that he made last night, but if he has to, it's probably a bigger issue. If you're Colorado, do you think you're a little like, uh, that wasn't supposed to be like that? That wasn't supposed to be that close. If you're Vegas, what do you think the number is tomorrow? Do Do you think it's
0: the same i would bet i can number? get you that uh, i bet i can get you that information right now I, because
3: i i think that the two teams are are closer or maybe it's that the blues are better than uh the objective odds maker would would give them credit for but i don't know i i just truly really feel like um like you said the effort and the adjustments will be there and more often than not for this team over the last couple of years you know the sample size suggests that when those you know, meet when when
0: that intersection occurs, then good things happen. The Avalanche are minus two thirty five tomorrow night. So they're shorter
3: than last night, right?
0: Um, I don't recall what was the number yesterday for the game. I know for the series it got to minus four hundred. As you can imagine, now that's even bigger because the Avalanche are up one nothing. I think uh, yes, the, if you think the Blues are going to win the series, throw hundred on it. You are going to win five hundred. I think they're the plus are... five hundred. The Avalanche are minus seven fifty for the series.
3: Ooh, ooh. Hey, you. <laughs> You called correctly because, of course, you did, Tim. Thank you. Um, the lightning live when they were down, yeah. I mean, that was
0: part of the lightning's DNA and part of the kind of Maple Leaf's DNA. There's just something about it, and and now. It wouldn't surprise me if they make that a short series against Florida. That's just it's just kind of who they are and once they get rolling, which is why I know that there is a big gap between Carolina on paper and the Rangers on paper. But when a team gets hot and they they fade death as many times as the Rangers did against the Penguins. Granted the Penguins were without Crosby and they weren't healthy and they had a third string goalie in there. I'm well aware of, well, well aware of all these things. It can get a team going, and that's a young team position to possibly be the next big thing, um, perhaps, I guess, after Colorado or after Tampa, depending on how I view it, and I could see some value in that one as well. So I, what are you I, talking I, about with regards to value? Are you talking about the Blues and plus 500?
3: Yeah, I think so. I just think that there's, again, and, and this is so hyperbolic, and we don't seem to do it in other sports. It, it seems to mostly be hockey, but there's something to – you know, a team that's that's been there and done that and and doesn't really blink in in the face of uh, staving off elimination staving or, or off. whatever it is. But Tampa, St. Louis, they both have it. Carolina and Colorado have some some similarities. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think in the way that their shortcomings have have kind of uh, led them to similar exits the last couple of years, and the way that teams have been able to adjust and adapt against them. So. I, yeah, I probably fly a little close to the sun. I fly close to the ceiling in my blimp where I drop Schlotzky's coupons yes, during the game. You, you but see that at 7 o'clock I, on Saturday. Yeah, but but I do just—this team, they're not scared, man. Like it's, that's it's, the it, thing. It's cliche, but the, like they're not scared, and, and they know they can play with these guys, and if they're disrespected, then whatever. That's just a story. Line. I got a
0: uh, story regarding uh, following Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final last year. Uh, that may put people in a better mindset. I will tell that story on the other side of the break. Thank you so much for uh, coming in, coming in studio. Thank you. Not just calling in, but coming in.
3: You know, takes are are best served fresh, so (laughs) happy to do it.
0: Chris Raby, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the great Chris Raby with us here. You'll be able to see him at uh, Enterprise on Saturday and Monday and maybe next Friday as well for a Game 6. Chris Raby with us here on Balloon Party. We'll take a commercial break. Come back with more Including this little anecdote following game six of the 2019 Stanley Cup final with regards to the Blues mindset, that's next here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN, award winning one hour radio show in midday. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, with you here on the show. I didn't just catch an update on who's officiating tonight's Mavericks and Warriors game in that Sports Center update, did I?
2: Well, it just came across my desk, so I felt I needed what to read Desk? It. Uh, my little three-inch desk I got over here. You know, when information comes to me, I gotta deliver it to the people. It's my job.
0: All right. I mean, if you think that there is a market in the St. Louis metropolitan area for who's officiating the Mavericks and Warriors game, then that's fine. Maybe you know this area better than I do and I, I will yield to Mr. Hockey.
2: I just think it's good knowledge to have, you know. It, when news comes across I just feel like because Well, should hear tax
0: it. are coming across and they're coming in fast and furious from the 314 Jackson is so annoying from the six three six NBA referees really and from the three one four who cares who the officials are and from the six one eight what in the holy hell are we getting updates about NBA referees for
2: it's good knowledge they gotta know that they're playing game one the conference finals I felt like people should know who the refs were
0: so how does this impact the game i'll I'll humor you with this
2: uh if it would have been like Scott Foster or Tony Brothers it could probably could have affected it but well, these guys are probably fine. I haven't heard, if I haven't heard anything about you, then you're probably pretty good at what you do. If
0: Mr. Hockey is also Mr. Basketball.
2: Yeah, it is weird though. Yeah, Mr. Can, Winter Sports. <laughs> Mr. Winter Sports.
0: Uh, Jackson, your info is as useless as a bootful of and then it gets graphic from the six one eight.
2: I thought I thought you know, oh
0: well. I didn't think I could care less about what quote unquote boy said until just now. Uh, All right. I told people I would tell a little story, and I want to tell the story. Before I tell the story, I also want to make sure I tell people that 101 ESPN will be on site at Enterprise Center before Game 3 and Game 4. If you've got tickets and you're headed to Enterprise for either Game 3 this Saturday night or Game 4 on Monday, make sure to get there early to enjoy the Bud Light Happy Hour pregame party in the Anheuser-Busch Beer Garden. Beginning two hours prior to puck drop, enjoy live music, food, and drink specials, and stop by the 101 ESPN table to get registered to win a signed Blues jersey. So, this is a story. Uh, Patty Maroon, on a podcast he did uh, with me in 2019, like a month after the Blues hoisted the chalice, uh, said, uh, and by the way, Patty Maroon's up one on the, uh on the Panthers, that after the game, whereas I think, I'll speak for myself, I'm like, oh my God, we expected the Blues to win the cup tonight. And, and didn't even consider the possibility that this would be going to a Game 7. And now you have this dud of a game, and then reality hits, you're not going to see the cup, and oh yeah, the Blues have to go to Boston for Game 7. I was I was despondent is what I was, leaving, leaving the building that night. I really was. And on top of it, if memory serves, that was a Sunday night, and Game 7 didn't take place until Wednesday night, so you had a few days of anxiety. And Maroon said... They left and they're on the plane flying to Boston and they all looked at each other and they go, holy crap, we're going to gonna win the cup. We're going to come home with the cup. We know we're going to win because we know what they don't know. And what they don't know is that they're going to have to deal with all of the crap that we just dealt with in St. Louis with regards to people thinking that we are planning a party. And we got distracted. We weren't ourselves. If you remember game six of the 2019 Stanley Cup Finals, Blues just didn't play a good game. Boston necessarily dominated. Blues just weren't great. And I think Ryan O'Reilly took a delay game penalty early on, and uh, Bruins scored. And there just really wasn't a whole lot to that game. And they're going. We're going to win the Cup, which is how we've done it. We've won on the road throughout the course of the year. We've won on the road throughout the course of the playoffs. You remember they were 3-0 and on the road against the Winnipeg Jets. They had to win a crucial Game 6 against the Stars in Dallas. And uh, they shut down the Sharks coming off of winning uh, Game 4 in St. Louis following the hand pass. So... They were comfortable with it, and they had won Game 2 in Boston and Game 5 in Boston, so they didn't really care, whereas people in St. Louis, understandably as fans, were going, oh my goodness, not only did the Blues miss the opportunity to win the cup at home, but oh my, they are not going to win it after being one win away with a home game at St. Louis. And they're thinking... We're going to win. Not Not only like, oh, we, we feel good. No, we're going to win because we know they are about to deal with a bunch of distraction and we're not going to have to deal with it. We can just go play hockey and we're going to go out. We're going to win the Stanley Cup. So I am not saying that the 2019 St. Louis Blues have reemerged here or anything along those lines. What I'm trying to draw a parallel to, and even though a lot of the guys from the team that won the Cup are gone, A lot of them are still here, and there is this calm about the team that Chris Raby was talking about in the previous segment in the Engineer Design Facilities Playoff Report that this team has the ability to compartmentalize games, compartmentalize periods for that matter, and then come back out and play the game we're more familiar with. And I just can't imagine, as great as Colorado is, and I pay homage to their talent, that we're going to see the Blues play the caliber of game that we saw them play last night. That's what my expectation is. doesn't mean they're going to win. I just expect them to bounce back tomorrow night. And also, realistically speaking, it's probably not going to see Jordan Biddington play as well, but are we going to see Colorado play at that level in Game 2? Big, big, big game tomorrow night. That goes without saying, but what I would say is this, you're going to see the Blues play a much better game tomorrow night in Game 2, and then they come home, and what would it feel like if Saturday night at 7 p.m. the puck drops with this series tied at 1. It is 10:49 in St. Louis. BK and Ferrario are coming up at the top of the hour. I am Tim McKernan and this is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
1: We are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party until Tuesday, Jackson. I know. People are probably really sad right now. Well, it's in the eye of the beholder, but I can tell you this. We uh, have our uh, TMA golf tournament uh, tomorrow and Friday. And uh, so that is where we will be. And uh, I believe uh, one day Randy Carriker and Michelle Smallman will be filling in. And then one day, BK and Ferrari will be filling in. Yep. There is the outline, and then we are off on Monday, and back on Tuesday. What will the state of the series be when we reappear on Tuesday at ten o'clock?
2: So that will be four games will have been played. By That's then. right. That's right. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. You'll have two. You'll have the two home games.
0: Jack Jackson's currently buying time right now before he decides whether or not to say the Avalanche have won the series. That's what he's doing, just in case anybody wants to know. He's already receiving a lot of shrapnel over the update on the referees in the Warriors-Mavericks game, and he's debating whether or not he just wants to full-on cut ties with the audience. I
2: feel like I just walked out in the winter with no jacket on. Like, I didn't mean to try to give a prediction on this, but now I have to. Uh... We'll say, we'll say uh, two games apiece. It's
0: going to be two games apiece. That actually is the right answer. That's what it's going apiece. to be. It's going to
2: be two games apiece.
0: The Blues are going to win games two and games four.
2: Yep. Yep. It'll follow a similar script to the uh, Wild series.
0: Well, in, in one sense it would, yes. Yeah. There you go. Kind of
2: get smoked in the first game, come back strong in the second, kind of get smoked in the third game, and come back even stronger in the fourth.
0: Well, the Blues won game one. Against the Wild. But either way, it doesn't matter. We now know who will be officiating the Warriors and the Mavericks. And that was when we came in here this morning. So I know we're going to talk about the Blues and Avalanche. But at some point, hopefully the news comes across your desk as to who's officiating.
2: Did I say Scott smoked? I meant smoked the other team. Nice. So there's the one difference. Yeah, uh, guys, the series
0: will be one, three to one Blues. Look at that. Great optimism. Oh, gentleman
2: sweep coming up.
0: That would be wonderful. God, it would be wonderful. I don't I just can't. I can't rule them out. I just really can't. No, you can't. No. I truly can't. I really can't. Just, just by the way, on the other side of things, I feel like there's this kind of like made-up narrative regarding what took place with the Blues and Wild. Well, after Game One, everybody thought the Blues were going to sweep, and maybe some people did. I don't really. I didn't sense that from this audience, the TMA audience, honestly. And I and I think Darren Pang was our guest following Game One. And he said that game was a lot closer than the score looked. You know, uh-huh. it, it wasn't. It wasn't like a right. I mean, yeah, the Blues won four nothing, but it didn't feel as mm-hmm. uh, you know big of a gap as last night's overtime game right. did. Exactly. So, with that said, um, it's it's part of it's part of the playoffs, man. You can come off an incredible high and then have your heart ripped out in the next game, and then the Blues fly back to St. Louis, and here on Friday morning, everybody's going, "Oh man." How about Saturday night at Enterprise Center with the series tied at one apiece and the Blues have home ice advantage over the biggest favorite we've seen to win the Stanley Cup in a long time. So that's where I'm coming from, and I'm not saying it to make people feel better. I'm saying how I honestly feel. It's just a different sense than 2021 in this series. That's where I'm coming from. Uh, And I know it's not realistic to think Bennington's going to be able to do that every game or maybe even again, but I just don't think you're going to see The thing that I am counting on is that you're going to see a hell of a lot more from Tarasenko and Thomas in particular. That's what I am expecting in Game 2. And I expect the Blues to make adjustments. They stole Game 4 from the Minnesota Wild, which in turn was the beginning of the end of the season for Minnesota. And I just don't think that Craig Berube and the Blues are just going to go, okay, well, they're fast. We'll see if we can get them this time. Don't see it happening. I think you're going to see adjustments, and I think you're going to see response, and that's what I'm expecting. All right, we got to uh, shut her down. BK and Ferrari are up next at the top of the hour. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKern, and we will talk with you on this show on Tuesday. We'll be on TMA on uh, Thursday and, and Friday. Friday. Yes. Yeah. yes, on HD2, not to brag. Right. All right, BK and Ferrari up next here on 101 ESPN